0: Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. Have you ever found yourself wanting to see a return to the values you think served our nation the best? God, country, home, God's word influencing how we think? Out of the 19 kings of Judah, nine were good. Of those nine, five led the nation into a time of moral, social, and spiritual reformation. But history shows that after each reformation came a strong falling away and a time of pronounced judgment. The greatest reformer was a king named Josiah. It was under Josiah that Jeremiah began his ministry. Twenty years following Josiah's reformation. The nation of Judah was in ruins and under the worst judgment they had ever faced. Such lessons should cause us to ask, is it enough just to reform our manners and our way of thinking? Do we really just want reformation? We should want reformation. Reformation, we should want it. We should desire that God would be renewing the people in reformation. And here's what reformation is. Reformation is the word that we use to denote or to take note of a return to the Word of God rightly understood and applied to all of life. Reformation is at time when we return to the Word of God rightly understood and faithfully applied to our lives. And I'm sure that we all desire for a reformation of the religious and moral and social and political life in our country. (laughs) We might long for a return to the core principles founded upon God's word rightly applied to the religious and the moral and the social and the political state of our country. It's something we could long for. And if you're not so patriotic, I would hope that you desire to see at least a movement of right thinking about God's word applied to every part of life in the North American church reformation. This desire, this longing is expressed uh, in like the title that Robbie Zacharias has given to his own radio program. His radio program is called, Let My People Think. Let them begin to interact and think about and understand and consider God's word. Adia Pitozer once said that before revival, we always must have reformation. In fact, he said a number of years ago that I believe that we wouldn't want to see a reinvigoration of the life of the present state of our church because if we had revival, reinstituting or invigorating the life as we now have in the church, It would take us a hundred years to get over it. It would be a destructive thing. You don't want to revive this kind of life, is what he's saying. You need reformation first before you have revival. There must be a change to a right thinking about God and about His Word. Our minds have to be turned to know and understand the Word of God and so the will of God more faithfully. To know His will so as to more faithfully obey it and to know His will so as to more faithfully follow it. I think in many circles it's been rightfully a major concern for individuals that there be a turn in the heart of the Church of North America to begin to think more exactingly about what the Bible teaches and about what are the primary doctrines of the Christian faith. Not everywhere, but the argument of the church from my observation today seems to have changed from the argument that was in the church when I first began my ministry. The argument of the church nowadays seems to be less about ministry styles and strategies and increasingly about doctrinal issues like the sinful nature of human beings or like the eternal state of what men are facing or the justice of God and the wrath of God against sin or the importance of repentance and faith alone to save us or considerations of God's active and sovereign work and how that interacts with our salvation. And actually, I think that ought to be welcome things. I think we ought to welcome the fact that the church today seems to be more and more concerned about thinking rightly about these things. When I first began a ministry, the considerations of what made a healthy church were judged basically upon the effectiveness of its programs. Was the busing program working? Was your Awana program really reaching out and gathering in more people? Were you getting more people involved? There was also a lot of consideration about the experiential payoff of your worship styles. Were you igniting the right kind of experience through the worship performances that you were carrying on in your church? And I think, I think today there are those who have become tired by the shallowness of such measures and they've determined that Reformation is in order. And that it's important to think carefully and theologically and biblically in your theology about how you go about in doing church and what you do in the church. And I believe we should all see that as a good thing. Not a bad thing, but a good thing. There was a time when a young minister might have an easier time pulling teeth than to get his colleagues to discuss matters of theology. In the past it was much more likely for fellow pastors to gather together and talk about church growth strategies, challenges to developing and maintaining dynamic programs, or the application of various psychological principles in their pastoral care. It was almost taken for granted that we all basically believed the same things. And so the idea was, let's just get on with pragmatic ways to help people get the most out of their lives and get the most out of their Christian experience. And when a fellow pastor might protest and ask his colleagues to think a little more about what they were doing and how it related to their commitment to the central tenets of the faith, he could get brushed off more often than not by saying, well, we're not theologians here. We're talking about the church and not about theology. And if you don't believe that happened, that actually was a report that was given to me about 10 years by a man who went to a conference on church growth. And as they were speaking on church growth, he said, listen, I I just want to understand what is the biblical underpinnings for why you're using this approach? What's the theological basis for this application that you're using in church growth? And the leader of the conference said, listen, we're not theologians here. We're talking about the church. We're not talking about theology as if there was a hard line between the two, as if what we thought and understood from God's word had little bearing on how we conducted our ministries. And at the same time, there was this tremendously hard push to give people positive experiences and develop ministries that would be driven towards growth by meeting people's felt needs. Where you see those same attitudes being expressed in the church today, I think the thing that you ought to be saying to yourself is this, I think a reformation is needed. I think we need a reformation thinking rightly about God's Word and applying it to our lives. Or we don't want to pump new life and new energy into such a vapid, man-centered approach. We want to have a change in our thinking and understanding so that above everything else, we're fully engaged in God's Word and direction. So let me just repeat what I've just said to you at the very beginning of this section here. Quote, Reformation is the word we use to denote a return to the word of God rightly understood and applied to all of life. And I'm sure that we all desire for a reformation of the religious, moral, social, and political life in our country. A return to core principles found in God's word rightly applied to the religious, moral, social, and political state of our country is something we could long for. More importantly I would hope that you desire to see the movement of right thinking about God's word applied to every part of the life of the North American church in quote But now let me ask you something What if we got it What if we got reformation What if it came What then What good would it be to us Should we be encouraged Should we think at that moment in time, it's all settled, it's all good. We're seeing the tide turn, men are opening their Bibles now, they're considering these things, we're cracking it open. We're understanding God's truth, we're developing our scribal, legal understanding of God's truth. We're capable of teaching others, it's important, it's necessary. We've got our reformation. What if you see it in your political history here? What if somehow things start moving in our government and we start seeing a return to basic principles that have governed our nation in the past? Should we breathe a sigh of relief and think, all right, happy days are here again. The sky is above our blue again, right? What do we do if we get it? Here's the third thing. We should not want reformation without renewal. We should not want reformation without revival. Five kings brought great reformation to the nation of Judah, five reformations that were followed by a great falling away. What would we want of a reformation of right thinking and a right pattern of behavior if with it there were not a right spirit, a godly spirit of repentance and brokenness and utter dependence upon God? If there were a return to right thoughts, but beyond the thoughts there was no work of God manifesting Himself to His people and doing a deeper work in their inner lives, would we really consider that a great advance? 2 Timothy 3 verse 5 warns of those who have a form of godliness but deny the power of it. Should we not be afraid that a reformation of thought and action could come to us that ultimately would fail under that heading... Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof? Josiah stood and made a covenant before all the people. All the people then stood with him and made the same vows. We're with Josiah. We say the same things. A great reformation commenced, but not 20 years after that reformation, the people all went into exile under God's judgment. Why? Why? Did they have a reformation? Yeah yes they had reformation but was there a change in the heart was there with it a renewing work of the spirit of god coming upon the people apparently not go to jeremiah chapter 3 verses 6 through 10 the people of judah are being at this very moment in time in which god is speaking to the jeremiah Because Jeremiah wrote from the time of Josiah all the way down to the last kings of Judah. The people are being led and in the midst of the reformation that is being carried out by this righteous and good man, Josiah. And God is speaking to Jeremiah and he's reminding Jeremiah of the idolatry of the nation of Israel which caused Israel to be taken away by the Assyrians. And then God tells Jeremiah that he sees something worse in Judah at this very moment. And the moment is the moment of reformation. It's in the midst of the Reformation. Listen to what he says. The Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? Those are the northern tribes. She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, return to me, but she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And then I saw that for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but went and played the harlot also. So it came to pass through her casual harlotry that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Now verse 10. And yet for all her treacherous sister, Judah has not turned to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, says the Lord. This is God's evaluation of what was in the heart of the people of Judah during the time of their greatest religious, moral, social, and political reformation. When they were getting it all right. They have not turned to me with their whole heart, but in pretense. More is required than just keeping the law. Only a heart laid fully before God will satisfy Him. Thanks for joining us today for the Bread of Life. For a copy of this message, call us at 208-331-4096. For now, God bless you.